Come on kids, now gather round Grab a log and sit right down What's that smell? What's that sound? You're on fire, now hit the ground It's the campfire shit show And now, your camp counselors Bo Hufford and Mero Climo I'm not mad at oh, you Oh good, you I'm shouldn't be I'm not mad at you at all uh, <laughs> Konnichiwa Did you see when I Hello. Hi, did you see when I made our uh, calendar appointment? I, I translated it to Japanese as well. Oh, I didn't see it. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. You're so kind I saw though, it. to. Uh, it's okay. I'm really. Uh, try. To try. To make some effort. I I'm really trying that. to embrace the culture. Thanks. Oh, we I, appreciate oh, some effort every now and then. I, oh, my <laughs> gosh. Oh, my <laughs> gosh. Uh, I actually am still drunk from last night. I need to be honest about that. Um, cause you time are? here is, yeah, time here is so strange. And I went to, actually my, uh, my partner over here, uh, Kage asked me last night, we were walking in the streets of, uh, Ginza and it's a really nice, like posh area. And he goes, okay, I have to ask you a real question. I'm like, okay. He goes, I'm trying to figure out what we should do tonight. And I want to ask you what you'd like to do. I'm like, okay. He goes, give me an honest answer. It's okay. No wrong answer. And I was like, whoa, this is a lot of like prepping. Damn. You know? And he goes, do you want to go to like a really nice bar and uh, with fine girls and like everyone's like looking good and really, really posh? Or do you want to go to a gay club? And I was like, what? <laughs> well, of course. I want to go to a gay club. I've never been to a Japanese gay club. <laughs> and so uh, we went to the gay club and we had a fucking great time. It was so much fun. So much fun. So Whoa. And, Were and, you hit on? Whatever you're. Oh, yeah. But that's I mean, part of it is like when I say gay club, it's like the all the people working there are men dressed as women in like kimonos and stuff. And. Hmm. It's just so great. They're like all comedians, essentially. It's really fun. It's like a whole, like, fun space. And there's only probably 20 people in the room. You know, that's the whole place. So it's not like some, like, raging club. Uh, it's just, like, a really cool little place. And, and everyone was so nice. We had lots of drinks. And it was just so much fun. We had a lot of fun. Damn. Are they dancing to, like, but Japanese share? No, <laughs> <laughs> Japanese share would just just be share. Share, yeah. You know, they just David play share. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. So I didn't get home till probably five a.m. Holy and, shit! Uh, and I I remember in the end we stopped at one more bar and I was falling asleep in the bar. I was so like tired. So, um, yeah. I I, think I, I feel like I can see the corner of a man's at, kimono. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um yeah. I <laughs> Oh my god, for people listening, we have there's an overlap in our recording <laughs> at the same time. <laughs> at the same time I said it's so I think <laughs> it's so tragic because I'm trying to talk and then I say something and like 30 seconds later you respond to it, and then you're already talking about something else. So it's like, oh my god! I said, I, I said, I, I bought a loaf of bread, and you were saying, I see the corner of a kimono. <laughs> oh god, I have to laugh, otherwise I will truly smash my own face in. I know, but 
Uh, I, I know. I yes. know. Yeah. <sighs> why don't you why don't you do this, Meryl? Why don't you ask me questions and I'll uh-huh. respond and then we'll do that back and <laughs> forth. How about that? <laughs> okay, that sounds good. My my first question is I want you to tell me about <laughs> This is truly like the most shit show episode, but I wouldn't have it any other way. Okay, my first question is before we missed a week of recording because you were sick. Can you tell us about that? Yeah. Sure. Um I it has been a struggle honestly. Uh I have been losing my voice so often. Maybe maybe God is trying to tell me something. Shut the fuck up, Bo. <laughs> um but yeah, I've been having a lot of allergy problems and it's just I could not record. There was no way I sounded so hoarse. It would have been awful. So feels I think I'm just running myself down so hard in the last year or two and uh yeah so that is why I was I was sick but I'm all better for the most part now <laughs> thank you next question <laughs> how did your you recently had a meeting for pace <laughs> profession <laughs> a what pace um let me see if I can remember professionalism uh acrobatics cesspool of entertainment can you please tell us about the meeting of pace and how it went how what you were envisioning slash how it was different and maybe some goals that you walked away with in the next year sure uh thank you for asking i appreciate you being here today for this uh, interview um First off, it's not called Pace, it's called Pave, uh, but that's okay. Oh, shit. Um, and this is a, a, a an idea that I've been having for a while to bring together a bunch of creative people who have a lot of talent and maybe don't know exactly where to put that energy um, to get what they want. So, because we can all get bogged down in our own lives and our own jobs, and then we say, oh, I have a vision or I want to do something eventually, but... You can put it off and put it off and put it off. And it's like, I just was noticing that I could probably use a little support, but also give some support to others. So I chose 12 people and uh, we met. uh, And in the meeting, I had a a form for everyone to fill out and to kind of say like, hey, what are some of my goals that I want to achieve in 2023? Personal and work why what's the thing that holds me back the most you know just a bunch of questions right and the final question was um after you put all your stuff on here what goal did you not include on this list just to see like because i think there were all of us were like what is something that i want to say but i don't want to say you know because once you say it it becomes so real so we we got together, we all wrote it up on a board, we talked about it, explained what we wanted, and now we're going to meet every month to just uh, follow up and see where we're going. But then I'm using every month as a opportunity to add some new thing in there to have us all, uh, I guess, uh, not be entertained, but sort of like learn something or, or be part of something together as a group. So next month, I'm having a speaker come in and talk about how do you get how what how do you just get a job, right? Like 
you're, you're in your career, but how do you best set yourself up to actually get the job you want? Like, how do you do that? And so it sounds a little like beginner state, but it's actually not. And so I think a lot of people, after working in their career for 15 years, 20 years, they may be like, I don't like my job, but gosh, what do I even do to start getting that new job? Yeah, you can apply for whatever this, but how do you best set yourself up? So I'm going to have a, like a financial advisor come in. I'm going to have somebody come in about a couple things. So I want to keep some of it private, but uh, yeah, it was great. It was uh, a wonderful, wonderful uh, collection of people, and I'm excited to see where it goes. Thank you so much, Bo. Now, this next question is for Bo. <laughs> we had spoke on the phone. <laughs> we spoke on the phone previously, and you had told me there was a snag in your original travel to Japan. Can you please elaborate on what had happened the first time you tried to go to Japan? Yeah. Yeah. So I was supposed to leave on Friday uh, of last week, and I got everything prepared. Everything's good a passport all the shit i get to the airport and i'm checking my bag in and the woman goes oh do you have a passport yes or your flight ticket yes i said i already checked in she's like okay great you're just checking in a bag great i uh she's like okay i just need to see your uh negative pcr test and my heart dropped to my heels because I had completely forgotten that Japan was still requiring the PCR test, Ugh. which is a 24 to 48 hour ordeal, right? You have to schedule it, you have to go get it, then you get the results. And my flight was leaving in two hours. So I was just fucked. I was fucked. So I had to get all my stuff, freaking out. I had to go back home. I was calling the airline, trying to change my flight. I was trying to figure out where can I go get a PCR test. And oh it was just gosh. like a nightmare. It was a nightmare. Like I was super like at my absolute top stressed out. Yeah. Like I, like if someone had like just pissed me off a little bit, just a little bit, <laughs> I would have fucking killed him. I was just like at that <laughs> moment. Um, and it sucked because like Brittany had just dropped me off and then I had to call her like 15 minutes later. Hey, can you come back and get me? She's like, oh my gosh. So she came back. She was like totally fine about it. But like she came back and I'm just like, oh, what a mess. And then I'm looking like, where can I get a PCR test? Can I get one right now? Can you get one like immediately? But ultimately I had to like extend the time. I had to like delay my flight for two days. So Whoa. I missed two days of my trip here in Japan and was super bummed about it, but just was like, well, this is it, you know, this is it. So that was stressful and crazy, but it all worked out. I got here, you know. Wow, thank you. I am glad you oh persevered God. during such hard times and made it through. Next time, oh you'll probably know to get a piece heart. <laughs> okay, Bo, why don't you ask me a couple questions? Great. How long have and you I, been an interviewer? Listeners, I, uh, 12 minutes and 10 seconds. You know, my favorite part of this is that you still aren't understanding that the delay is so drastic. And so you try to chime in with these little things. You're like, Bo, why don't you ask me a question? I go to ask you the question. You immediately go like, now, listeners, this is, it's like, <laughs> 
<laughs> it's called enthusiasm. It's contagious. <laughs> oh, God. Oh, my God. Um, Meryl, uh, what what's going on with you? I know your parents were, you went to see your parents, went to Miami, went to New York. Can you tell us a little bit about that trip? Yes, thank you so much. I recently went on an East Coast exploration trip of self, mind, spirit, body, everything. Um, next, we're going to get together in person, you and I, I think next week, because I want to be in person for a dramatic reading of some friend drama that I had had. I think it's best for in person mm. where there there was some friend drama on the trip. People will have to stay tuned for the next weeks for that. But overall, from the actual trip perspective, um, it was I actually planned the trip not in the brightest way because it got incrementally like less fancy and also like just less comfortable. I mean, I mean, back at home was so comfortable, but I started off in Miami where my friends Michelle and Jeff have a very nice uh, vacation spot. And it was in this kind of like, you know, nice building and had a pool and a sauna and all that that good stuff. And we were going out to nice dinners and it was sunny out and Latin men were just, you know, putting oil all over their body when I was sitting outside. And then then we went to New or I went to New York and stayed uh, at a friend's house right in Gramercy Park. It was beautiful, not very glamorous, but still the whole New York experience. And then I went to my house in Kingston, Pennsylvania, because I think my parents are going to be selling it soon and retiring and coming out to San Diego, which is what we have. It was so funny, too, because I know the plan that we talked about originally was like, you know, all different versions of this plan. And I had kind of poo pooed San Diego because I thought maybe they were bored of it. But it turns out they are not bored of it or not bored enough to move there. So currently they're really looking at places i think they're gonna try and rent for the first year just because it's so crazy to buy a house in san diego let alone anywhere um so they're looking at some places to rent for a year and then possibly buy something but but this was the last time that i was going to be in my childhood house which is you know super crazy and definitely emotional for me because i love that house and love that area and you know had a lot of good things about it but definitely going back i was like okay my sentiment isn't I think it's like way left behind where there's not really anything going on that much anymore. Um, most of my friends have moved on or live other places. I did get to see a few friends, but being in that house, because at first I was like, maybe I'll have some Hallmark moment where I'll go and buy it and I'll keep the memory alive and everything. And then I went and then I saw it. And then after like 40 hours of being in, I'm like, OK, I'm done. I can never think about it again. But um yeah, I mean, the last night that I was there, my friend Jill picked me up and we had like a really nice dinner. But but her coming to get me, it was just so weird because I was waiting out on the porch and I'm like, oh, my God, this is the last time that I'm going to be outside of this house waiting for a friend to come pick me up. And it was just very sweet and emotional. So that was my time. And I had a good time having very, um, you know, Pennsylvania type salads with my parents with like the iceberg lettuce. <laughs> <laughs> with french fries on top <laughs> no luckily it wasn't that it was more like carrot sticks and like thousand island dressing um but yeah, yeah i mean where because i'm from kingston pennsylvania but you know people think of it as like scranton or wilkes-barre is kind of the bigger cities but it is like not in an emotional way but just in an actual way it's a very depressed area we're going back it's like there's not a lot of new construction 
a lot of the buildings are just falling apart or they're empty. Um, I know, think this is where you and I really understand this. We kind of come from the same thing, right? And, yes. and, and you go back and like nothing's changed, but you have. And you're like, how? How has nothing changed? How's it gotten worse here? How is nobody evolving? It feels that way anyway. Even if it's wrong, uh, it feels that way. Yeah, definitely. And I and I talked to my friend Jen, who who fled the area as well. And we were saying that normally it would be up to our generation to fix it or to make it nice and new. But it was like almost everyone that I know has gone away. Um, yeah. And we were laughing because there's a center of innovation building there but basically it's just still like a hole in the ground years later <laughs> so, so there's there's no innovation happening whatsoever but it, it's a shame because like the area is so nice there's a river in it and like the whole the bones of the city is really pretty it's, it's very pretty and i think it really could have a cool downtown and well um, i mean I, I mean i know it's not it's not you know mind melting to understand this but like it seems like areas like my hometown and your hometown were probably raised on the industry of the 50s and 60s. Yes. And so you got factories, and then those factories all went away and industry was gone. And so it's like nobody wants to live there because there's no reason to live there, you know? Yeah. Like my hometown had a factory in it, and it had thousands of workers that would be there, and it closed down. It's like, well, where do these people go? They're not going to go work at the Starbucks that doesn't exist, you know? They're not going to do these things. So it's like they have to leave. Yeah, totally. And I, I was looking around and it was like every sign or plaque that was in my in the city is some type of disaster. <laughs> like like the city is just basically <laughs> known for disaster. So so basically there was like Agnes Flood, which was huge. And that that washed away a lot of businesses and things like many years ago. And then there was something called the Knox Mine Disaster, which was um, by accident a few miners or you know, like coal miners went and opened up like a, a hole and then a river went through the hole and it ended up killing like I think 31 miners and the river basically flooded this whole tunnel that they had built and like trapped I think 30 miners and then what they tried to do to fix it was plug in um, train cars so they tried to like take a plane car or a train car and almost like plug it in like you would plug in a, a hole for a bathtub and it ended what? up like even making the situation worse yeah so that's like what one of the things that my area is known for <laughs> oh my god but but that's yeah it was really crazy. nice and I know and at dinner with my friend Jill uh, she was laughing so hard just because I mean I love being away from Los Angeles as much as I do love it and I love it here so much it feels good to sure. me to be like out of it and kind of out of that mindset a lot and she thought it was so funny I was just talking like how I would normally talk to someone and she kept on like thinking it was so funny the way I was saying things like for example I was talking about this podcast and I'm like oh, you know, like Bo and I will meet up and we'll stack a bunch of episodes. And she was like crying, laughing, being like, stack a bunch of episodes. Who talks like that? <laughs> <I'm> like, <laughs> I don't know why that sounds weird, but it, it's nice to have friends that have nothing to do with like anything that yeah. is related here. Yeah. And um, yeah, so that was very nice. And I got to go into col the college that my dad works at for the last time and Say and eat at the cafeteria with him. Watch his Your little handshake. Are so sweet. They are so sweet. They're, but they're we did very have a nice. conversation. Uh, I know you called me, and I was like, I, I had to call them out because every time they come visit, they never come see me, and so I feel like your parents really don't like me at all. 
Because you make time for everyone else. You make time for everyone else. I see the photos. <laughs> I see them. You're hanging out with this person and that person. But Bo's not there. I'm never there. So I feel like your mom or your, your dad is like, he's a bad influence. I don't like him. He says the word vagina on, on air. Like, what, what's, what's going on with this guy? You know? There's no truth to that. None. What if I just act like my screen is frozen? <laughs> no. <laughs> no, we, we talked about this after. The absolute truth is that my parents abso- truly love you. They really do. They think you're very funny. They see what I see. They think you're extremely funny and they care a lot. The, the God's honest truth is that I think more of my mom, not really my dad at all. My dad has not expressed this. I think my mom worries that you would be a bad influence on me with drinking and and she asked if like you and i drink and drive together <laughs> what yeah she oh, said God. i, I hope i, I hope you know i know bo likes alcohol and i you know she knows that i'm a social drinker but i also like she that's one of the areas that she does not have to worry about there's other things to worry about not that yeah, one, but at all like i you're we never drink together ever no, and we never have dr- and, and drink, think, drunk and drive. I think it's so it's so easy to drink. Do you drink and drive? That's a real. Your 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 mom is mommy dearest in some ways. It's so <laughs> funny. It's so funny. Um, no, but yeah, I think it probably looks like I have a bar, so it looks like oh wow, you have this in your house. You must be an alcoholic. But like honestly, I don't drink that much. So, I told her y- you have every right to be an alcoholic. Like I'm I'm there for you, and it's your own journey. <laughs> That's what I mean. Is like I told her yes, he does drink a lot. I mean honestly. I told my mom has expressed interest in Jack's marijuana use before. And I've told her, yeah, he does. He uses like a lot of, you know, he puffs THC or whatever he does. But like, yeah, if if that's something you want to know, he like, he's constantly on like a THC drip. So, but, but neither of that affects me, you know? (laughs) Right, right, right. Okay. So she's just like, he's, he's a bad influence. I knew it. I knew it. I knew it. I think. Um, when we first started recording, remember when they came over to your house? Yeah. They, they thought they, my mom was like thinking that I would have a crush on you. She was like, does, you know, like, oh no, kind of like, he's kind of like your type. And I'm like, no, no, no. And then, then they quickly saw. Uh. (laughs) So that's what I mean. I think they always have liked you from the beginning. (laughs) They just thought, I'm glad. I I think it's just the drinking. I'm glad we got to the bottom of this. I, I'm glad we got to the bottom of this. I'm, I knew it. I knew it. And so now I don't have to feel crazy. So this is great. I could just feel crazy. Um, and then I wanted to share one other quick story. Sure. Oh, before that, one other just side note is that when we were talking about jobs and careers, like I really dream of a career where, and I'm being completely serious, I think I would be a good person for a stutterer to practice on what so i saw on tiktok a video of of um a stutter a person that had like a really bad stutter and he was going to mcdonald's to try to practice like he was ordering food and basically he was trying to practice getting his stuttering out in the the real world and he was getting so frustrated and like the it was videos of some people were nice at mcdonald's and some would like rush him through the order and it showed him crying and getting really upset and frustrating when one of the people weren't nice at all and I started crying and I'm just like I have no patience in many aspects of my life and I feel like I'm very very impatient but what I do have patience for 
is stuttering people and i'm like what if i created a service where people can call me and stutter like 1-800 stutter like or 1-888-800 um no it's just it's just one eight that's good. This, I'm, I, I hope people can hear this because like this is good. <laughs> but but like actually, that almost I, like I a, really a, mean that it. Where sounds like a, a a short film, right? Like a, a quick like, like it really does. Let's do have, it. Like a character, yeah. No, it's it's totally Let's film heartless. It. It's awful. It's a horrible joke. <laughs> but it's not okay. But I mean, the, the the sketch can be heartless. But my intent and my actual career, my side job, is not. It's Your altruistic career. because. Now it's, it's your my new career. career. <laughs> I'm a stutterer whisperer. I'm a stutter fluffer. <laughs> no, because I really think like, Shit. how do I let people know that I am there? There, there? I signed up for one app called um, like, let me be your eyes or something. So it's basically blind people that somehow get in touch and then you can like see stuff for them if they can't see. Because I, I also have patience yeah, for they, blind how, people. How do they find that website? <laughs> I think it's like a, a accessible app somehow and it's called like something like let me be your eye I'll have to look at it but it's called let me be your eyes for you or like let me see and then they I've gotten two calls so far really one person called because yep he couldn't see the fine print on like a um like a, it was like a manufacturing guy <laughs> and the other person called and I actually so could funny. not help them so uh, I was oh. really thinking about that and I'm just like, I think, okay, okay. So anyway, that wasn't even what I was going to say. What I was going to say is because I do notice, like I've seen, I've been around lately, a lot of blind people walking with their sticks because in New York, it's like, I cannot believe how well blind people, like they have the, the walking pole and everything and they just keep up with traffic. And like the fact that I, I don't understand how people learn or know to be able to do that and just like step off of curbs and busy New York traffic. But then in L.A., I just saw recently a blind person and he started to walk like almost into traffic. And I really had to pull over because I was so sad. And then I didn't hit him, luckily. But like I cannot handle the emotions of like seeing a blind person trying to go into traffic. <laughs> yeah. There's <laughs> really not an ending to that story. I just wanted to share like a big emotions that I had. <laughs> Oh, well, we learned a lot. We learned a lot from you. I'll tell you that. Holy fuck. That's amazing. We um, did learn a lot. I love you, Meryl. Bo, do you this have is, anything uh, else yeah. to say before we end this uh, abomination of an episode? Tell us what you're doing. Um, yeah. Plug your newest thing. No, I would um, I would just say that, you know, I... I I'm happy to be here in Japan, but it is difficult to not be in the same room as you, Meryl. Love getting together and talking. And uh, I, I think uh, I think that I have a lot more story to tell, but it's going to be fun. Yeah, same. Time. All right. Okay, great. Well, listen, thank you. Uh, I Mwah. will Mwah. talk to you soon, I guess. Yeah. Goodbye, listeners. Oh, you're stuttering. This episode of Campfire Shit Show was produced by Bo Hufford and Meryl Climo. It was edited by Bo Hufford, and the theme song was composed and sang by your friendly camp director, me, PB and J. If you've got a question, or you want to be the next camper of the week, email us at campfireshitshow at gmail.com. Say hi to Bo and Meryl on Instagram, 
at Campfire Shit Show. And please don't forget to rate and review us on iTunes. Well, kids, it's time to pack up the camp and put out the fire. But don't you worry. We'll see you soon on another episode of the Campfire Shit Show. Hi, I'm Don Brody, a comedian with a history degree and the host of the podcast Hilf, History I'd Like to Fuck. (laughs) In each episode, I am joined by a new guest who has assigned me a subject from history that they want to know more about. And ooh, do I deliver. I dig deep in the annals of history and serve up the most delectable nuggets I can find. Join us and find out for yourself that history is a party and everybody's coming. (laughs) Ha <laughs> ha